0: And listen in to her warm Scottish tones, wise heart,
1: and wonderful sense of humour as she interviews guests and discusses what it means to be unashamedly human. Hi everyone and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast. My name is Jackie Ford and today I'm with Ankhush Jean. And I'm going to ask Ankush to introduce himself because I always think it's far more windswept and interesting to hear how someone else describes who they actually are. So, Ankush, thank you for joining me.
0: Thanks for having me on the show, Jackie. Um, well, I should say first, I'm I'm human, so I think really? that that qualifies me <laughs> for for being on the show. Uh, I'm I'm 36 and a half years old.
1: Oh, that half uh, is so important.
0: It's so important. I I, uh, I saw something the other day where a kid was saying he's six and a half, and I thought, why don't we say that anymore mm. as adults? So uh, I'm 36 and a half. I'm, I'm married. I live in London. Uh, for work, you could call me a life coach or a business consultant or a trainer mm-hmm. um, or a mentor. There's, there's lots of different ways you could describe what I do, but I, in essence, work with people to kind of have a better life yeah. if you like um, and I also work with other coaches to help them do the work that I do too so that's kind of a brief introduction around who I am and what I do.
1: That was beautifully succinct have you been practicing that?
0: Not at all not at all I, I had no idea what I was going to say until I started saying it.
1: Best way to live life now before we came on the um, the podcast I'd said to Ankush, you know that this is really just it's a, a non-visual podcast. We don't need to have any film from it, and I told him we didn't need to wear lipstick. And his reply to me was that he had already put the putty in his hair and he had his lip balm on. <laughs> it just totally cracked me up because I thought, now there, there's a man with a sense of humour. How I'm important is humour to you, Ankush?
0: You know, it's a great question, uh, Jackie, because. I've always been a little bit of a joker and, Mm -hmm. and uh, I think I've had dad humor since I was about eight years old. Um, But I always used to separate that out. So I used to have my private life where I would be joking around, messing around, uh, you know, always taking double meanings of things people said. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then there was my professional life. Where you know this this is different now. I'm a professional now. The serious face has got to come on, um, and and that was before I became a coach. I used to work um, in a large building materials company, which I joined as as a uh, as a graduate. And mm-hmm. it was funny because actually in that organisation, one of the bits of feedback I got on on my graduate scheme was, "We know you're good, right? Like you don't need mm-hmm. to. You, we want to see more of you." And, and I was really fortunate for that because not every organization is like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I found that similarly with my own coaching that I think as the years have gone by, I've allowed more of my sense of humor to kind of intermingle mm-hmm. and, and there's less of a boundary between my, my kind of personal life and my professional life.
1: Describe your sense of humor.
0: Uh, it depends on who's asking. Some people would say it's terrible. and Some people would say <laughs> it's very funny. But like, like beauty, it's, uh, you know, like I say, beauty is in the eye yeah. of
1: the eye.
2: <laughs> so.
1: I You know, the sense that I'm getting from Yankees is it's, it's very dry and a very ironic type of humour, which I absolutely love. And a lot of people don't actually get.
0: That That's very true. That's very true. I uh, I used to judge people by their ability to find me funny. <laughs> so that was uh, that was uh, that was one of my 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 own filters many years ago but uh, I've I've learned to be more accepting now of, of
1: oh god that's so sweet of you to be more I accepting know. of your other fellow human beings. Now, you've been on a journey I'm Cush, and I know that because we you know we've known each other for quite a long time and you know probably sort of seen what each other is doing um with our work etc but I'm really really interested in that kind of defining moment where you decided you didn't want to stay where you were working and in the building's work that you were doing, and, and what made you make that change towards coaching?
0: That's that's a really good question. Um, it was I can tell you exactly when the moment was. Oh wow! Because mm-hmm. um, it was twenty twelve. Uh, it was end of August. It was a Monday evening, and I was cooking, and. Mm-hmm about two years earlier than that, I'd done an online program for men, Mm -hmm. which was around relationships and dating. And I'd come out of a, you know, a failed relationship, if you like. And I was like, I really don't get relationships. And so I did this online program, but it really wasn't much to do about relationships and dating. It was more of what I would call a men's leadership program. And week one was, it was a 13 week course. And week one was all about You know, what do you want your life to look like?
2: Mm.
0: And I had realized up until that point, I'd never really thought about that consciously. I'd had ideas like, oh, I need to do well, I need Mm -hmm. to earn a lot of money and whatever else. But I hadn't really ever, uh, and as this course put it, designed my life. I'd never designed my life. And so for the next two years, I tried to do that. And I, I I was just trying a lot of things out. Mm. so I got a little bit into photography and a little bit into you know different things Mm -hmm. and then two years later it was this weekend and I went right I'm gonna figure this out I'm gonna think this question to death and there was something I read online about just keep writing stuff down until you refine Mm -hmm. it Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and so I spent this whole weekend from Friday night I came back from work all the way through till Sunday night And I thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. What do I want to do with my life? What do I want to do? And nothing came up. And on Sunday night, I was, you know, I thought myself to death. I was like, oh my God, what? I still can't (laughs) come up with an answer. And everything I came up with was just like, it was just uh, meaningless. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to be a man who inspires other people and, you know, blah, blah. And it just didn't mean anything. Yeah. And so the next day I went to work and I was a bit down, but I thought, well, I'm no worse off than I was on Friday. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I wanted to do then. I don't know now. And that evening as I was cooking and I'd totally forgotten about the question, I had this Eureka moment and it suddenly occurred to me, why don't you be a coach? And when it occurred to me, it made complete sense because really my only hobby in the preceding 10 years was personal development.
2: Ah, okay. Okay.
0: Right, but I'd always that hadn't been in my conscious awareness. Like, no, no, that's something I just do for fun. That's just something I do Mm -hmm. for me. I don't want to be a coach, and I think the truth was I was scared about what people might think of me if I put myself forward, if I made myself more visible to help people. Mm -hmm. I didn't want people to go, "Well, what the hell do you know? And what's your life like?" And that just fell away, and that was you know, you know, pretty much six years ago, and it's just been a journey ever since then.
1: Mm-hmm. It sounds as though that that period where you were trying to figure out what you wanted to do was not comfortable. Uh,
0: I, I don't know if I would say that. I I would say that th- it was it was a roller coaster. So mm-hmm. it was really great in some ways because it helped me let go of things that were not serving me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So in terms of finding out what I wanted to do, I start off going by going, okay, well, what don't I want to do?
2: Mm -hmm. right Mm.
0: and that That, cleared a lot of stuff for
1: me yeah so i was just going to say that's how i always filter you know when i'm doing things it's like it's unconscious don't want to do that don't want to do that don't want to do that whereas my husband filters by you know it's kind of like when you go into a restaurant and some people take forever to organize what they want to have for their meal and i just look at the menu and i'm like i want that whereas my husband you know, he's like, oh, that looks nice. That looks nice. That looks nice. And it takes forever to figure out what he wants to eat. You know, it's like, oh "God, come on, come on, figure it out. So you filter by what you didn't want.
0: Yeah. Because, because I didn't have something immediately jump out to me mm-hmm. in terms of, oh, I want to do X. I started filtering out things that I didn't want to do. And that, that was really helpful. And it kind of opened up more space in my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, and then I allowed myself to go and try a lot of things. And, and so in some ways, the parts of it, which were uncomfortable, but it was also a hell of a lot of fun mm-hmm. because I, I gave myself permission to, to really just experience life for a little bit mm-hmm. and, and try things out because up until then, I mean, this is a little bit embarrassing, but you know, I had really, and maybe it's a bit of a cultural thing. I, I was really putting a lot of pressure on myself to get married. Mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I thought, you know, I'm not going to be complete until I meet my other half. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe not, you know, when I was early, but when I was getting into my mid twenties, it suddenly became a thing and my friends started to get married and my mom was going, well, when are you going to get married? And,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, I'd, I'd had a couple of failed relationships and it was just like, Oh, I'm getting older. And I wanted to have, I wanted to be married and have my first kid by the time I was 30. And, you know, it was all this pressure mm. and, and those two years were like, well, forget all of that, regardless of whether you meet someone or you don't meet someone, regardless of whether you get married or not, what do you want to do?
2: Mm.
0: And so, so I would say it was more a, of an adventure rather than being really uncomfortable. Although I will say there were certainly uncomfortable parts to it too.
1: mm mm-hmm. When you think back in those relationships, Ankush. You know, of seeing where you are now in life with the maturity and the understanding, the better understanding you have of how life kind of you know works. Do you think you'd done anything differently?
0: Oh, completely. And mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes I do think about that, and and I'm also I don't think about it too much because, you know, we do whatever makes sense to us in the moment. And yeah. you know, if I thought differently then, then I would have acted differently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had an insight a few years ago about the last relationship I had before, before, you know, I I became a coach and started getting a deeper understanding of how the mind worked. And, you know, it it wasn't a very great experience for me, that relationship. And I was so, because I was so desperate to, to make it work. And as, as I'm sure any woman listening to this Will will attest to it is the most unattractive thing to have a man <laughs> desperate to want to be with you and try and yeah. change everything about himself. So you know, I, I don't blame the the girl at all. But I realized something a few years later, which was I, I had this again. It was an insight. I had this this realization that I didn't really know her.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: This girl. My experience of her was based on this whole story. This whole belief and ideas and thinking I had about her, right? Because on paper, she was a great uh, fit for me.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And I I just suddenly realized like, oh my God, I didn't know her at all. I just had created a story about her Mm -hmm. and my relationship wasn't with her. My relationship was with my story of her lived through a lens of misunderstanding, And then I started thinking, well, what about everyone else? And I realised I never really knew any of my previous girlfriends. Yeah. And and now you know I've I've been married for two years. Um, I've known my wife for for four and a half, and it's so cool because four and a half years later, which is by far the longest relationship I've ever had in my life. (laughs) You know, before that was about I think eight nine months was was was. (laughs) was the the longest relationship I'd ever had mm-hmm. and four and a half years later I'm still learning stuff about her
2: yeah
0: right and and it's exciting to me to realize you know we're, we're hopefully going to be married for for many more decades and I'm going to constantly learn more and see more about her
1: mm-hmm. I love that story Ankish. My, my husband and I met and married within five months we just knew when we met one another. We—I was twenty-eight, and Jerry was twenty-nine, and I think we'd both had enough relationships in the past to realize that there was something deeper here. And when we told, you know, we've got three daughters, and when we told our daughters that we'd met and married within five months, one of them said, "That's disgusting." <laughs> she just thought that was terrible because even at 16 years old she'd been out with her boyfriend for a couple of years so I completely get you know I often say I loved Jenny when I married him but I'm more in love with him now and that doesn't mean to say I didn't love him when I married him Um, and there's just this constant being surprised by you know as you're sort of saying as well constantly being surprised by who he is and how he shows up and how I show up and all the various things that happen. But you said something really important there, I, I know none of us are alone in that, in relationships, either with ourselves or with, with significant others, is not really understanding who the other person is. And that's something I'd love you to talk more to because I think, especially when we don't understand ourselves and, and, and how we show up in the world and, and what makes us who we are in the moment then it is often difficult to understand the other person so I'd love you to talk to that and you may see that in your work and it'd be great to hear some examples
0: yeah you, you know that that's a great question and and maybe I'll go a little bit woo-woo for a second <laughs> um, do. because you know because I see things very very differently now and you know I, I hope this 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 still makes sense to people listening you know, and and there's a bigger question. Do we ever really know anyone?
1: Yeah, I know.
0: Right. Mm. Because we can judge people. Oh, this person's like this, this person's like that. And that's very natural for us to do. Mm. But I really see, you know, and this is true both with my wife, with my family and with my clients, that we are all much greater, we're much more than we think we are because the human mind is, is limited. You know, if you've ever, if anyone's into astronomy or, you know, you've ever seen any of those videos where we're kind of like the tiniest speck, Mm. the tiniest dot the earth is in, in, in the huge universe. Right. We're, 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 when you look at that, it makes you realize like how, how small we are and it's hard for the human mind to comprehend that vastness of of space and 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 the entire universe i mean it boggles my mind and so what i see is that on one hand yes we're this insignificant dot and on the other hand we're the entire universe mm-hmm. and so on a, on a very practical level you know when i met my wife so our story is is very different to yours. My wife and I, we didn't meet and think it was love at first sight. We were like, uh, this will probably last a month, mm-hmm. right? And then it was like, well, maybe it'll last two months, and then maybe it'll last three months, and then maybe it'll last six months. And,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, it 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 took me a long time and, and getting to know her more and more. But bef- before I, you know, decided that this, you know, this is the girl that I want to spend the rest of my life with, um... But if I had made a judgment on day one of who this girl is, I would have gone, oh, she's like this, she's like this, she's like this, she's like this. And we've both surprised each other
2: mm-hmm.
0: because, you know, I've surprised her in, in you know, and I guess that's part of my profession. I'm a coach, you know, I'm, I'm looking to always grow as, as a human being, but she's been surprised by that, some of the changes I've made in my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and I've been surprised at her in ways that she's changed. So what we perceive of a person in any given moment is just, is just one, one view, one, one snapshot, one opinion. And really what is possible. And I guess this is why I'm a coach, right? I believe that anyone can have a a nicer life. Anyone can have a better experience of life. Anyone can achieve more if they want to. Mm -hmm. So, um, and often the people who I'm talking about, they don't even know that sometimes I feel I see, or a lot of the times I see more potential in the person I'm speaking to, um, more, more love, more, more spirituality, you know, whatever, I see more of that in them than they do. Yeah. Part of my job is to help them see it.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely is. I I think that's, that's one of the critical things, isn't it, is 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 showing people how they have their own unique wisdom. They have their own way of, of knowing what's right and what's wrong. And over the years, a lot of the times we learn to discount that, not to take that for anything other than a voice in our head, which means nothing. And conventionally, that's the way our education system teaches us. It teaches us intellectually rather than spiritually. So you know what you're talking about. I love this. Of you're going to last a month, then it's two months, then it's three months. But you're not looking for the, you're not looking for the out. You're just enjoying it as it as it progresses. I mean, do you know that often that first period where you start living together after you're married, what was that like? Because often that can be quite a, a tempestuous time as you learn to compromise. Oh
0: yeah, it was terrible. You know, it's, 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 uh, people would ask us when when we first got married, like how how's how's married life, and uh, and I was like, you know, the funny thing was, if if single people asked me, mm-hmm. you know, oh how's married life, I'm like, you know what, it's 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 been it's been tough, mm-hmm. right? Like the first few months because we hadn't lived together for any length of time. Mm-hmm like you know it's tough and it's not anything big right like all the big stuff but it's it's like it's the dishes and the washing (laughs) that's exactly what i was about to say (laughs) she like wants to load the dishes in a certain way and gets really annoyed and i'm like you're overloading the washing machine and silly things Mm. that we had differences of opinion on but we were both really certain we were right and and when I would talk to married people, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, so how's married life? You know, newlyweds." I was like, "You know, you know, it's tough." And then there'd be a second of surprise on their face, and then they'd go, "Yeah, you know what? When we first got married, before you as well," and I was like, "Well, why does nobody tell you? Why does nobody tell you this happened? It's like this big secret that all married people know, and they don't tell anyone. And then when when you get married, and you like, okay, you're in the you're in the crowd now, but you can't tell anyone else because they would have
1: a- too." It is, it's 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 i am watching my um my oldest daughter is is living with her, her fiance and they're getting married next year and it just it cracks me up and she really cracks me up, you know, and, and last week I was over helping them at their house because they were getting a bathroom refitted. And while I was there, you know, I was doing a bit of work, but I sort of cleaned the house and tidied up and did the washing and made soup and blah blah blah. And my daughter came home from work one night and she burst out crying, <laughs> she said. I wish Craig would do this I just wish he would tidy up the way you've tidied up my mum <laughs> and she said you've got to train them Megan you've got to train them <laughs> so, she's, she's, she's going to try you know. but she's got the typical complaints he doesn't hang the washing up the way it should be hung up <laughs> You know, he, he doesn't clean his dishes and you just think oh my god seeing the scale of things you two are the perfect match for one another you, so obviously, you love one another, you know. But there's just, as you say, there's just this little period of, of adapting, really, isn't it, to, to, to one another's habits?
0: Yeah, and and you know, it's it's funny because um, we you know before we started talking, you, you were asking me about the men's work and stuff that I do. And yeah. A lot of men have this thing, and um, and it's ego, right? Like, mm. you no, know, you can't. You know, you. I remember someone saying, you know, men are like lions before they get married and then they get turned into house cats right <laughs> and then and then women resent them for being house cats because they're attracted to them because they're lions right? Sorry,
2: okay. uh-huh.
0: and and so there's in in that kind of community in certain men's communities there's this whole thing of right like not backing down and you need to stay as this lion and yeah whatever else and and i had elements of that too which guess what just caused more friction Mm-hmm. And I really saw things as either I, you know, stand my ground, but, but I'm, I'm not losing who I am. And, you know, I'm going to retain the, you know, uh, that attraction between us, right. Mm-hmm. Or I, I kind of give in and, <laughs> and do what she wants, but then, but then I'm less happy and then she's going to end up resenting me. And so then I create this impossible scenario for myself, which a lot of guys do.
2: Yeah.
0: And, and it doesn't need to be like that. It's not, those are not the only two options. And I, and I realize now that if I can put my ego to one side, that let's say I stack the dishes in a certain way, right? Does it really hurt me to change them? It's not a big deal. Like it really, really isn't. Mm -hmm. And, and if I can put my ego to one side, I can try certain things. And often, I'll, I'll tell you one. One, my wife will kill me. But one of the things that we argue about is cooking. And I've I've never cooked. I, I went through university and relied on on packages from my mom <laughs> being sent up to university. I'm and, sure
1: you're not alone in that,
0: Anchorage. <laughs> and and you know when I was living in London as a as a singleton before I met my wife, you know it was lots of trips down to the chip shop and yeah. uh, very very unhealthy eating. I I'd rarely cooked. Mm-hmm. So when we got married, you know, that was a, like a source of contention because my wife works, I work and she's like, well, why do I always have to do the cooking? And sometimes I'd help her. And sometimes I'd just be really into my work that, you know, and she just wants to get on with dinner. And so we argued, have, have argued about it. And it was only recently that I, I just stopped and thought about it. Mm. And I went, well, what's going on with you, Kush? Mm. I like, forget her. What, what's going on with me? Why am I not cooking? You know, rather than going, no, I'm going to stand my ground, and you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Well, why am I not cooking? And I went, well, I'm not very confident at cooking,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I don't like admitting that,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Oh, I've got this story. I'm no good. I'm not confident, and then I realised it's not really confidence; it's competence.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I've never, I've never taken the time to learn how to cook, and all of a sudden, this huge source of contention in our relationship changed. Cause I went up to my wife and I said, I've got a request, right? Mm-hmm. This is coach language, right? I said, I've got a request <laughs> for you. She said, what is it? I said, will you teach me how to cook? And she was just like gobsmacked because this was going way beyond even what she wanted. Yeah. And I said, no, I realise that you're right. It's actually a great life skill for me to learn.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm a little bit slow. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, I, I like to have, I don't want to just do it by taste. I'm like, no, I need to know exactly how many spoons go in there. (laughs) Very much follow, follow Mm. a structure. But if you can be, uh, you know, patient with me, I I would like to learn. And I think you're absolutely right. Well, I think it was last week or something or the week before I ended up cooking three or four meals in in a week, you know, and I enjoyed it, Uh. but that was only possible when i um i I got out of my own way i got out of my ego and and here's the thing gentlemen i'm going to talk to the guys now right (laughs) in a relationship this is something that i've seen the more you give the more you get and it's like this secret that nobody realizes it's not about giving in and i've tried to do that there's a difference between giving in to try and please the other person but if you forget that and realize well you know, that's not my responsibility. Her happiness is not my responsibility. But from a place of love, if I choose to um, do things for her, it comes back to me in spades.
2: Yeah,
0: Like it really, really does. And I see this with my friends and I see some of my friends who have got great relationships are the ones that are more giving to their wives and the ones that have, the worst relationships with their wives are the ones that are like, I'm the man, I'm going to do this. It's my way or the highway. Mm. Well, you say all that and you walk around with your chest puffed out, but you're really unhappy.
1: Mm. That's, that's just beautiful, Ankish. It really, really is. To see that, you know, and, and to be in a relationship with each other and It's it's a surrendering, isn't it? It's just a a beautiful surrendering of this is where I am in my life right now and this is what I need. And you know, when you told me that story, my heart just melted because it's beautiful to hear another soul say they need help, but they want to do it with you. They want to learn with you. My my husband, Jerry, loves to cook. He just absolutely loves it. And you know, we we host a lot of dinner parties. And I used to, to to get quite annoyed because I love to cook as well. And I thought, why does he always get to do the cooking? And people go, oh, no, your food's lovely, you know, and I've not been able to cook anything. And I used to joke, you know, when people came round, I'd say, you know, Jerry does the cooking. Um, I'm the ambience director. I get to clean the toilets and put the candles on. <laughs> you know? But it works. It absolutely works. He de-stresses by cooking, he just gets lost in the moment he does what he needs to do, and I love cleaning, so we, we found our our space to do what makes us feel whole together, but as as you know separate selves i'm really, really interested, Anne Kichen, as I said at the beginning um, of the podcast. I love that you're doing these these powerful men's immersions, and i'm really, really, really interested in in finding out sort of where was the inspiration for that and you know how are men presenting to you you
0: you know what it's been it's been again one of those things that unfolded i wish i could have i wish i could tell you you know what i had this grand plan (laughs) and i wanted to do this i wanted to do that and it's all going according to plan but that would be a complete lie um You know, I was coaching for a couple of years and I went to an event where it was for coaches. Mm. And one of the exercises was write down who your last 10 clients were. So I write them down and I realized, I think eight or nine of them were men. Mm. And I was like, oh, I hadn't seen that. And there were also men who who were from kind of, tended to be from communities, online communities that I'd been involved in where I was looking to understand dating and relationships because I had a misunderstanding that that's what I needed to understand to be happy. And so I was like, Oh, okay. This, I seem to be resonating with this community, which makes sense because I was one of them. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of started focusing on that. And I started this Facebook group called the powerful men's group. And, and very soon after that, I decided to do a group event in, in London. They weren't called immersions in those days. And I'll be honest, again, it wasn't from any clarity. It was, I didn't want to do group events. Mm-hmm. I really liked doing uh-huh. one-on-one coaching. And I thought, oh, I'll let other people do groups. I'm not interested in that. And then I just thought, well, let me do one. And it's always the way. Every time I say I don't do X, I end up doing that next. And um, and it was just a cheaper way to work with me, right? Because when you do a group, yeah. you charge less money than if you do one-on-one coaching. It wasn't any mm-hmm. any kind of divine inspiration or anything like that. And I did my first event and it was two days and it was in my lounge in London. And I was actually ama- I was really amazed at how good it was. Right. Like I wasn't expecting it to be that good. And I was like, hey, this is quite good. I'll, I'll do another one of these. Mm-hmm. And that's when I I changed the name to an immersion. I did it for three days in Birmingham and I got a proper hotel and I was like, okay, now I'm probably gonna do it and and it was amazing to me because it was and i did it people ask me well why do you do it for men why don't you do mixed groups mm-hmm. and and i don't have this thing about like exclusivity or whatever and i've done women's groups too mm-hmm. but for me i find that men uh, culturally and this is a generalization but they don't like to open up very easily because the way men bond with other men is men is by taking the piss yeah right like if you want to bond with a guy you know you'll you'll kind of make fun of him that's the Mm -hmm. way men tend to operate so men very rarely are vulnerable because i think there's a fear of well if i say hey i'm having uh trouble in this area of my life it's it's not somehow not manly it's somehow you know they shouldn't be doing it or you know guys will just say oh you know chin up mate let's go for a beer so i created these events and and for me what i say is i really just hold a space Mm -hmm. that's what my job is to hold a space create a safe space for people to open up and i was really surprised that when men feel safe in that environment they'll have conversations that i know for a fact they would not have if there was even a single woman in the room Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and and what what's happened is over the years i've been running these now you know, that first event in my lounge was 2014. So I've been doing these things for four years and they've kind of grown from three days to four days. The next one's going to be five days. And, um, it's, I've learned a lot from being part of that and I get as much out of them as, as the other men too, you know? And, um, it's a funny thing because a lot of guys that come, they don't know why they're coming originally so they'll have an idea why they're coming and when they get into the room they're like you know what i don't really know why i'm here Mm -hmm. but i trust you and i like what you have to say so let's just see how this unfolds
1: so they have a deeper knowing they're meant to be there but they don't know quite why yet right Mm. because
0: i'm not I'm not Tony Robbins. We don't do fireworks. We don't. Punch All that animals, masculine stuff. Yeah. Right. We don't. We don't do that. I don't talk necessarily too much about m- masculine energy or f- mm. feminine energy. I don't do what you know. Virtually every other men's event is about. We don't go into the forest and you know. and the, you oh, laugh geez. at this thing. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> we don't do any of that because oh. for me, um, what I want to show people is is their power really comes from inside of them. Mm. And this isn't just some woo-woo nonsense. I mean, I have seen people change unbelievably, Jackie. I mean, mm. like, it shocks me still. There was one guy who came from abroad. He flew in. A lot of people fly in for these. They, they come from all around the world. And he was, he was really overweight. And, you know, he, he was really in his head. And I'd coached him a little bit, but I wasn't really aware of his full story. He hadn't mm. told me. And when he arrived, he told me that what happened to him years earlier, he was a young guy in his twenties, but years earlier, he'd been stabbed I think 13 times by his ex-girlfriend. Why? Um, so he it was in a great relationship. They split up. She said, mm. let me return your stuff. They met up at late at night and she stabbed him with a pair of scissors. And if she'd, Gone one bit higher she would oh, she would cut an artery, and she could have killed him
2: uh-huh.
0: and what happened was uh she just got off with community service <laughs> okay and um and and she doesn 't have a criminal record
2: mm.
0: and she 's now in a in a position where she's uh she 's a teacher right so this guy had this whole story that women can hurt me mm. um so i shouldn 't be vulnerable and i shouldn't be open mm. Um, and so he was acting in various ways, which wouldn't make sense to us, but yeah. were making sense to him based on his misunderstanding. He, he was, he was sleeping with prostitutes. Uh, he was because he wanted to have, you know, physical connection with women, yeah, but, but he I mean, couldn't have a relationship cause he was I mean. scared. So that was safer mm-hmm. um, he was overweight because again, he was, he was eating a lot to make himself feel better. Yeah. Right. Like massively overeating. Mm. He was eating twice as much as everyone else on, on the course. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was all sorts of other stuff going on with him and, and feeling not good enough and insecurity. And the first two days he was really resisting me.
2: Mm.
0: Like he was really resisting. And the reason I do these over several days is I know you can resist me for a day. Mm -hmm. I know you can resist me for two days But by the third day your ego collapses. Yeah, And on the third day, he just, he was a different person. He looked different. And from that day he, I mean, we would go out for lunch and we'd order a pizza and he'd eat about three pieces. And he said, I don't know what's happened. I just don't feel hungry anymore. And this guy had the biggest appetite. And I saw a picture of him, you know, a few months ago, So this was, you know, a couple of years ago. And like, so in about 18 months later, this guy's half the size, you know, um, he got promoted within, within three months, he got promoted three times. Mm. Um, He's, he's got a very beautiful girlfriend. He's going traveling. I mean, night and day, this isn't just like, Oh, let's point to how the Mm. mind works and let's feel better. I mean, we're talking real transformation occurs. Mm hmm. You know, there's, there's another guy this time who, um, flew over from, again, the Middle East, um, came to the event, uh, is a doctor and physically he did not look like the same person on the final day. I mean, you, you would have thought they're different people mm-hmm. because he dropped so much tension off his face. He dropped so much, um, so many of his stories and beliefs and ideas. Mm-hmm you know, and he'd been on loads of personal development training beforehand. I mean, absolutely loads. Um, there's, there's another guy who he's, I mean, in the in the men's development world, they talk about having balance, not being too in your head. And they talk about higher energy and lower energy. And, you know, as a man, you don't want to be too low
2: mm-hmm. and, and
0: and, you know, go around beating people up and you don't want to be up in your head. You need to have this balance. And I never talk about energies, but what I know for a fact is this guy's energy went from his head and dropped right into his stomach. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And I could see it and I could feel it, Mm -hmm. you know, immediately. And everyone else in the room could see it and feel it without necessarily talking about that.
1: Yeah. I I love these stories, Ankish, I really, really do. And, And I love them for several reasons. I love them because what you're doing is very intuitive with the groups that you're working with. And I know that you're taking your cue from what's happening in the room and where people are and what you need to see and how you need to see it and what stories to teach and what stories not to teach or share at any given moment in time. Otherwise, you wouldn't get the results that you're getting. I love that you're bringing men together. Um, like you, I, I, I love doing women's retreats. I do a lot of them. They're called Soul Shift Retreats and it's just groups of women together, small groups, very intimate, and women with women, I mean, honestly, you know, I mean, it'll be the same when you get men together as well. There's just this unstoppable force, this incredible energy of 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 love and understanding and, and compassion. But the main thing is, Anke, and you described it beautifully, is holding that space. And it's not a doing, it's a being. And that's what I'm sensing from you is since the last time I saw you, I think it was at three, three Principles Conference or something a couple of years ago, I, I can see and feel that in you, that you've really dropped into your essence. And that's where holding the space comes from. It comes from absolutely knowing without a shadow of a doubt how you work as a human being and how other human beings work on this earth. And I'd love you to talk to that, Ankush. You know, sort of what is the foundation of what you share and teach?
0: Yeah, you you know, um, someone asked me, and I I often get asked by other coaches, what what are you doing? I'd love to do that. Mm.
2: Um,
0: And I find that I'm doing things quite differently to other coaches. And, you know, what I say to people, because they assume I've got some kind of content like yeah, strategy
1: or whatever. Yeah,
0: and what I say is that there is no content.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I do have handouts and I have a pack. But I was speaking to a coach this morning. I said, you know, I spend about an hour on that, tops.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, like I get some things that might be interesting to discuss, and sometimes we'll talk about them, and sometimes we won't.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's just there, you know, as an aside, right?
1: Is that there to satisfy the, the intellect, the ego, so that the guys have something? They can go, oh, you know, so it stops the... Because some people get into a, a bit of a a spinning mind about there being absolutely no agenda, no content.
0: You know, when I started doing handouts, um, that was the case. I felt mm-hmm. like I, I needed it or people um, said to me, you, you need to have handouts or whatever. But what I found is even with those, I can just use them in the moment. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll pull together cer- certain things, which just speak to me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And sometimes I'll get in the room and I'm like, oh, it doesn't make sense to talk about that. And sometimes it's just useful to have my clients, you know, get out of the room and just go and sit in a quiet space and read something. Yeah. Cause some people like listening, some people like reading We'll also go for a walk because some people like moving around. So I try and cover lots of different bases. Mm -hmm. Um, But really, there's no content, really. The content for me is the guys in the room. So, you know, you ask me what's the basis of the work that I do. Um, The base of the work that I do, similar to yourself, is something called The Three Principles which basically is an understanding of how the mind really works going beyond the going beyond levels of, you know, what we want to achieve in the world going beyond levels of just looking at behaviors. It's going, well, what's behind all of that? What are the stories mm-hmm. and thoughts that drive how we show up in the world? That's my foundation, but I don't even teach that really. What I'm doing is when guys show up, I want to know, well, what's going on with you? Mm mm-hmm because we all have blind spots. Yes. So a guy can show up like one of the guys I told you whose energy dropped. He, he had something and I can't even remember what it was. And he started talking and it evolved from what he thought the issue was to actually, he was afraid of offending people.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Right now. I know that's based on a misunderstanding. It looked like to him that if he said what he really thought, then he would offend people. And if he offended people, they wouldn't like him. They'd be upset with him. They might even try and harm him. Mm -hmm. So in the moment, this is not something I've ever done before, but in the moment I said, great, because I know that's how life works. Mm -hmm. That's how I know everyone's mind works. I was able to say who would like to be offended (laughs) by let's call him John. Who'd like, who'd like to be offended by John? Mm-hmm. Pretty much everyone puts their hand up. Great, John, can you come to the front of the room? Are you willing to play a game? He was right. Who in this room do you want to say something to, but you've held off because you've been afraid of what they might think of you? <laughs> and he knew <laughs> straight away. He uh-huh. went, Well, right, Matthew.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he said something to Matthew, which was, you know, it wasn't. Socially acceptable person, <laughs> like you, wouldn't, you wouldn't just say it in casual conversation. No. Mm-hmm. But that's not what everyone was in, was in the room for. And he said something, and to be fair, it was spot on. Mm-hmm. And he said it with love, and and then you know, every, and then he did, it, and then we said, "Do you want to do one more?" And then I said, "Do you want to do one?" And people were like me, 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 please, please offend me, me. And it, we really got to show him that. He had a blind spot in this area. Yeah, He had a misunderstanding around how life worked. Uh And so that little game that I made up on the spot was just a way of showing him that it was a misunderstanding Mm -hmm. for him to really
1: see it. God, it sounds like there's such freedom in that, Ankush, which I'm sure the whole group enjoyed. And, And going with your gut, it's the only way to do this work really, isn't
0: it? Yeah. I I can't plan that. Sometimes I'll Mm. do an exercise or something that just occurs to me in the moment Mm. and it goes really, really, really well. And I'll never do it again. Yeah. Because it made sense to do it in that moment.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, you know, in that moment, that it's probably coming from love. Well, it is. It's coming from love and it's coming from a deeper knowing that, you know, you're being guided to do whatever it is you need to do. So you plan planning doing more of these powerful men immersions?
0: Yeah, I, I I did three in 2016, but it feels like two a year is is the right number for me because there's a like they're not just well they're, they're, there's one next March, um mm-hmm. which is going to be five days, but it's not just those five days. I I do a Facebook group, I give people pre-work, they get one-on-one coaching with me, mm-hmm. um. I also do a, a 30 minute coaching session with every guy mm-hmm. prior to the immersion, which is streamed via Facebook live into our, into our private groups, only the group mm-hmm. see. So my whole, this is what's evolved over the years, you know, um, because I really think about transformation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't want people to come have the seminar high, right? Yeah. They come, they feel good. They go back to life and nothing's changed. Yes. So I've really tried to design something that I feel is going to have the maximum impact on those who attend. Mm-hmm. So it's really a full, you know, several month program in, in reality. So I, I do two of them a year. The next one's in March. Um, I, I think i already have sold most of the places as like two, two spots left, um, for next year. And then there's one in September. So I typically tend to do the March and September. Um, I've just moved out of this. I used to do them in Birmingham city center. We had a really lovely hotel that we used there. It was the same one as where all the footballers stayed and I don't know anything about football. (laughs) so We'd like walk past these famous footballers Mm. and and someone go, Oh, do you know who that is? And I'm like, no, if they're in the national team, I might know one or two, but I have no idea who they are, but, but I've rented, um, I've hired this beautiful mansion um, near Worcester Mm. with 13 bedrooms it's a mile from the road to the front door. Um, so there's loads and loads of space, um, and, and very few distractions. So that's kind of where I'm moving it to next year to, to make it even more, you know, more of a kind of retreat or, or mm-hmm. taking away. Um, you know, I, I call it, you know, mental holiday yeah. because I think this is true for women as well, but men, you know, they're on emails, they're on text messages, they're on social media, thinking about work or kids or Mm -hmm. we never get a break and you know it's funny because even for me running it i went on holiday the week before my immersion and i felt more like i was on holiday at the immersion than i did actually on holiday
1: Mm -hmm. oh i get that i understand that what's been the most surprising thing for you on your journey you know in this podcast you know we're talking about being unashamedly human and by that, I mean just being who you are at your essence with absolutely nothing on an anchor. In your journey, what surprised you the most?
0: It's a really good question. Um, if I go back to 2012,
1: mm-hmm.
2: the
0: thing that surprised me the most was just how good life could get. Mm. You know, I started looking into personal development in 2001 when I was at university and that was what kind of first sparked my interest you know in in personal growth because i was like oh life can be different mm-hmm. but i never realized how good by the time i'd got to 2012 like 11 years later i thought i'd pretty much seen seen it all i knew there were still things i could learn things i could see but i thought at that stage after 10 11 years it's going to be incremental stuff Mm-hmm. you know it's going to make life 1% better or 2% better but the most surprising thing was how how it felt like everything up until that point had been you know just a a precursor to to everything afterwards
2: yeah
0: and and kind of beyond that what's been surprising is that it's continued to evolve you know so you said the last time we met was 2 or 3 years ago yeah. I'd already gone through a massive transformation at that point. It wasn't like things hadn't changed for me. Mm -hmm. And yet, you know, and this happens with, when I see people, if I haven't seen someone for about six months, six, eight months, people could typically tell me, wow, you're different. Mm -hmm. And, And I know, and I know I feel it in myself. So this is just amazing because life is, is great and And yes, there 's ups and downs, but my experience of life is 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 so good, and i 'm so grateful i 'm so happy and yet, I know there's just more to come so i'm i'm you know looking forward to that and seeing more about what unfolds and is revealed to me
1: mm-hmm. oh that's beautiful. well, I know all of you listening um, there 's a beautiful message that Ankush is pointing to. And explaining to us, um, and I do hope that you will check out Ankush on his website and find out what he's doing, especially the main, um, because well, the women too, because it sounds as though what Ankush is is creating in the world is something that's helping people settle into their true nature, which is always needed, and I'm always grateful for for when that happens for us all, because as you said, it's the key to living an extraordinary life, really, isn't it?
0: absolutely yeah absolutely
1: so, Ankush, thank you so much and everyone will be able to find out all your details um when we put the podcast live so thanks again Ankush.
0: thank you for having me
1: you're welcome love bye
2: hey, you could be larger than life bigger than the a dream of